1: Good day and welcome in Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, talking investing, talking much, much more. Don't be shy. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I pride myself on that. Um, Investing, uh, women, uh, NFL, spreads. Okay, I can't talk NFL or spreads in any way, shape or form. But what the world needs now is not love, sweet love. It needs to invest. stock market giveth, and the stock market taketh awayeth. Um, no change in Wall Street yesterday. We're okay with that. We don't need the day-to-day uh, uh, glorification of being right. We don't need it. Uh, today's an interesting one. Rex Tillerson, the nominee for Secretary of State, is in front of the Senate. Um, So he's being kind of confirmed. Various reports have suggested Russian intelligence agencies overnight have stockpiled some damaging information on Mr. Trump, which you almost have to read to believe. Um, That's all I'm going to say, because I don't want to get in trouble with the radio station, with my company. Um, I could hint at it's something that it's a bodily function. And it involves a prostitute or two. Uh. So you have to really find it to read it. If you want to give it credibility or not. So it's unsubstantiated. Twitter, Trump has asserted that it's coarse fake news. Russia has denied allegations. Um, but I don't know. You know, it's I grew up, I didn't grow up, but I spent a good portion of high school in Washington, D.C., and uh, i think it's a great city and everyone should visit it and whether you're a republican or democrat you should be able to get something out of it that makes you feel great about your country and right now this is just it seems like it's lowest common denominator for a lot of people so although i did have a friend on facebook yesterday ask a question should we all just stop posting about political views cuz it's not really working or changing people's minds right do you just want to see pictures of my baby and in my head, I wanted to say, yes, 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 show me pictures of your baby. Um, I can't get enough pictures of your baby. Show me pictures of your baby. I can't get enough of it. But I kind of am turned off to Facebook these days, right? United Continental raised its fourth quarter revenue guidance. Dun, 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 dun. That's a good thing. Uh, that's an airline who's doing things A-OK from a standpoint of investors. Ford reaffirmed its pre-tax profit outlook for 2016, and it's belief that its adjusted pre-tax profit in 2017 will be somewhat lower than 2016. So, 2017, not going to be as good as 2016. No growth there. No growth here. Nothing to see here. Uh, Signet Jewelers uh, cut its fourth quarter earnings for share and same-store sales guidance. Um, I'm not a big fan of jewelry. I know you're saying cheap, cheap, cheap. Rob, you're like a bird sanctuary. Cheap, 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 cheap. Um, just not a big fan. I tend to think that uh, people get oversold, uh, overpriced bobbles. Bobble, bobble, bobbles. Get your bobbles here. So UBS fixed sell ratings to Citigroup and Fifth Third Bancorp. Uh, they started J.P. Morgan and U.S. Bank Corp with buy ratings. Uh, so two companies get the old downgrade to sell. That's pretty harsh. Two get an upgrade to buy. Um, but we've seen a lot of big companies, a lot of blue-chip companies on the Dow Jones Industrial Average, get slapped with downgrades in the last seven or eight days. Um, oil prices are a little bit higher. The Turkish Lira is getting pounded. Um, Turkey is an important country, uh, e- uh, economically speaking. It's not terribly important, but it's not something like, you know, we're going, well, that's like the, you know, uh, well, Cater is important. <laughs> well, it's a country that's not important, like Iceland. So, it's not a, it's not a total throwaway. Or Greenland. Let's call Greenland the total throwaway. Um, or Guam. We'll say it's Guam. It's not a Guam. So, anyway, um... Those are the kind of the headlines that we're dealing with coming into the market today. And again, I think the sexy um, Senate confirmation, I think that's pretty hot and heavy today. I like the numbers out of United Continental. That's pretty good today. Oil, some of the um, attacks on uh, Trump and talking about Potential fake news? I guess fake news is going to be like the word of the year, right? Uh, I've got good news. Probably the best damn news of the day. Are you sitting down? Are you ready? Taco Bell is debuting a chalupa that replaces a typical taco shell with fried chicken. Yo quiero Taco Bell. It's long awaited. Uh, Many scholars have been waiting for it and studying. It's called the Naked Chicken Jalupa. It's going to be available at all Taco Bell locations across the United States beginning January 26th, which means we have 15 days to get our bowels and our intestines aligned properly to digest this. Um, It's tough calling Taco Bell a Mexican food chain, but I guess for poops and giggles we could do that today. Uh, The new menu item's fried chicken shell is made with white meat chicken, which is filled with shredded lettuce, diced tomatoes, cheddar cheese, and avocado ranch sauce. Um, $2.99. So, uh, I feel pretty good that, you know, y- you could probably hear the horses coming now. One of the horsemen of the apocalypse has just <laughs> arrived. It is the naked chicken chalupa. That's, oh, uh, wait, wait, that's not. Ah, uh, you tricked me. He tried to get that across as uh, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That was Sarah Jessica Parker stopping by the studio and saying hello. Hey, it's Horsey Face herself. Um, Volkswagen expecting a $4.3 billion criminal civil settlement. Wow. Talking about damage, right? Hit him where it counts in the baby maker? No. Hit him where it counts. In the wallet, $4.3 billion settled accusations that it rigged more than half a million U.S. diesel vehicles with software to cheat emission standards. And uh, in a moment of levity, one of the German executives was in Miami this week trying to uh, talk up some business. And, oh, the FBI arrested him. So, (laughs) you're not going back home. You ain't getting on that plane. Um, are you ready for this? Millennials, move on over uh, to the east side, to the deluxe apartment in the sky, because now we're focusing on Generation Z. Target is working on Generation Z. Now, that doesn't stand for Generation Zombie. Uh, they top out at around age 20 right now. Uh, they often outnumber the, the loved and courted Millennials, influence over 600 billion dollars of family spending so it's people up to the age of 20 are now called the generation Z um and target is trying to come up with clothes that you know they like it has to be digitally savvy environmentally conscious eager to stand out in a fashion sense so we got that going for us I'm Rob Black. You can talk to me by picking up the telephone. 800 516 1220. It's 800 516 1220. each calls on the air. Pick up the phone, give me a call.
0: That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: So Amazon is introducing a new perk for its Prime customers. It's a 5% backs reward card. Um, By the end of today, I will have applied for it. I currently have one that gives me three points for every dollar that I spend at Amazon. But five points is better. So, in addition to the 5% back on all purchases, cardholders of the new Amazon Prime Rewards Visa also get 2% back on gas, restaurants, and drugstores. That doesn't interest me nearly as much. It's not bad. Um but it's one of those perks that it's like Target's got a red card that gives you 5% off. It's tied towards your debit card which is tied towards your your bank account. Um but with all the stuff that I buy on Amazon, I'm getting 5% off. Are you? Uh and again, I think look at that if you just put that money into a 401k or uh, IRA or something along those lines. You're a winner. Winner winner chicken taco fried thing from Taco Bell. How crazy would you be if you got onto the Prices Right? Would you be fun with it or would you downplay it and act all cool? Anyhow, anyway, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton see if he can't get us back on track to financial planning, uh, Wonderland gold li- goldliness, and uh, great great chit chat. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com, or he can be found at NewFocusFinancial.com. Email comes from Cody. I'm interested in laws in California in regards to palimony. I'm in a great relationship. I've been in it for seven years, but I want to protect myself. I make $90,000 a year, twice as much as my partner. I'm a saver. My name is on the house. Uh, seven years of living together. She has a kid. I put down $55,000 on the house. If we split, we split all costs in half... She's got that, boy, is my savings house, 401k, union pension at risk if things go south. What do I do to protect my
2: assets? Well, it's a commingling situation. So if you have assets prior to marriage, or a lot of times this has to be done before cohabitation. Right. So let's say that you're going to get engaged and live together. Unfortunately, the best idea is to get the prenup prior to cohabitation. But even with that said, you should be able to to separate and keep your own assets separate as long as you don't So if he had in. the
1: house before he shacked up with her and it's only in his name, it's going to always be only in his name.
2: Yeah, but where you can run into problems is that if they've used joint income to continue to make the mortgage payments, yep. it taints the property. It's no longer a separate property and it's a community property. So you need to keep very specific records and say, okay... Your money that you're paying is going to cable and everything else. My money is paying the mortgage payments. He's basically screwed because he probably hasn't done that. They probably have a joint savings account where they both fund it is my guess. Right. Well, so let's say you come in and you have a taxable account you've been funding for a long time, an IRA, and your 401k. So what you need to do is once you get married or go into a cohabitation is, is really stop funding that account. And fund other accounts. Make sure that that's listed and do your own trust, your own living trust. And in your living trust, you have a schedule of community properties and separate properties. Clearly list that as a separate property and no longer fund it with joint assets. If you get money from inheritance or a gift, that can go into that separate property account to make sure that that doesn't get tainted with community property. Um, But even your 401k, you keep clear records of what the value was before you got married and then, because that, all the, the value prior to marriage, yeah. that's all yours. Right. But it's going to be funded now with community property assets, which is your salary. So that you have to. It's going to be split.
1: Long story short, because he's thinking of it in year seven, probably she is entitled half. Mm-hmm. Um, and most lawyers and most uh, mediators would say just split it in half because you're not going to be able to back out of this without getting a huge legal bill to
2: end. Well, it's pretty easy. If you do a good job in keeping separate assets separate, it's if good. If you do. If, yeah. But again, he's asking in fear more so than in planning. Mm-hmm. So he's my
1: advice kidding. is if you're going to live with women in the state of California is treat them like a four-year bottle of wine. It goes bad after
2: four years. Don't get to that fifth year of cohabitation. <laughs> never, ever, never. That one female listener you have is now gone. I'm teasing. I'm <laughs> kidding. Well, no. Next show is women wait, in investment. Wait wait, 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 I know. You know I, I, met that,
1: you know, I met that woman last year who was 29. She had right. lived with a guy for six years. She had maxed out her 401k. She had paid $30,000 of his debt off. Mm-hmm. She was cohabitating. He could have taken her for 50% of her worth, even though he spent everything and saved nothing. Um... She was the breadwinner
2: or she was the saver. And in the state of California, he could have gone to court and said, I want some of that. Well, most marriages end. You know, 50% of them end and then they go do it again. And so if you're going to floss us that one married couple who've been married for 40 (laughs) years. (laughs) But let's talk about a prenup agreement too, especially as a business owner. Because what you can clearly spell out in a prenup, for example, or typically if you do it right, um, so I've been told I'm not an attorney, so don't think of this as legal advice. But um if you're a business owner you get a certain amount of money from salary and a certain amount from profit distributions. And in the prenup you might need to spell out that, okay, the the salary's community property going forward, but the profit distributions aren't. Okay. That's something to think about. If you've been burned and you've already lost half your company in a in a divorce, right. then you also have to think about protecting that again. Don't do the no make the same mistake. Prenups, postnups, all good
1: things to talk about. And again, Cody, if you're worried, strongly consider sitting down with her in the good times and saying, like, look, I'm, I want to protect you. I do want to protect me. I want to make sure that we plan for, you know, our future financially intelligently. So let's do this now. There's no shame in having the conversation honestly and openly versus waiting till you know, what's going to come out of the dark. Any last thoughts in the last 30 seconds?
2: Uh, no. I mean, it's something that you probably should educate your kids to because, um, you know, basically the age of our audience a lot of people have kids and starting to talk to them about these types of finance issues warning them about knowing the financial views goals of people that they're starting to date yep um their credit you know how they view money it's it's really important to talk to your kids about this stuff as well
1: i tell people in their 20s marry wisely wait till you're 30 maybe 35 get your calls in the air, you can always call the show 800-516-1220. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. And I'm Rob Black. Um, there's some new studies now about the impact of higher minimum wage. So the federal government has set its first minimum wage at $0.25 cents an hour way back in 1938 Um, Since then, liberals have cheered attempts to raise the minimum wage as blows against worker exploitation. Businesses lament that the hikes kill jobs. But 80 years later, economists still aren't sure how a higher minimum wage actually affects companies and their customers. There's two recent studies, one out of California and one out of Washington, both of which studied that $15 floor just Again, it shows you how hard it is to pin down is it a good thing, is it a bad thing. Um, The view out of the University of Washington offered a very negative view. The view out of UC Berkeley suggested that California will actually gain jobs because of the minimum wage hike. Um, Don't you sometimes wish there was just one answer? Never Mm -hmm. is. I'm Rob Black, talking Mm -hmm. all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
0: Be oh, oh, Call
1: Rob Black now. 800
0: 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220 now back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
1: KDOW so you've probably heard about the rains in California turns out that most of our Storage facilities are full, not most, but a a large number, and they're actually letting water out. And we have a storage problem in California versus a water problem or versus a how-much-rain problem. We also have a high reliance of snow to last as long as possible, so warmer weather kind of creates problems. I'm not an expert at this. I leave that to other people. I've got a neighbor in Uh, He posts wonderful articles on Facebook that tries to educate people about various social issues tied towards him. Uh, I'm not a social issue guy. I'm a money guy. So I'll talk more along the lines of spending 30% of your income on rent. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? So one of the least affordable areas in the United States to rent is San Francisco. It's pricey. It's considered too pricey you have to spend more than 30% of your salary on rent. So, but a lot of cities you can spend way less. So, renters in Marin County in San Francisco spend over 77% of their salary to pay rent. Now, if you spent 77% of your salary to pay rent, start looking at some other things there. How about food? How about vacations? If you purchased a home, you'd have to spend about 104% of your paycheck. So, Uh, for a median-priced home. So, San Francisco is well-known for its outsized housing cost. Um, But you have to spend most of your paycheck to rent and or buy. And yet, there's some areas that are terribly affordable, um, all things considered, where the percentage of your rent um, is is actually pretty small. So, you know, you live in Greensboro. I know you're like, where's Greensboro? Is that North Carolina South Carolina? That's North Carolina. Um... And you can live there on 25% of your salary. Orlando, you can live on 33, 36% of your salary. Uh, New York, 106% of your salary to rent. Um, you can kind of start seeing where the problems just are, are glaring. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, bayarealonesource.com, talk a little bit more about this issue. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, bayarealonesource.com. That's bayarealonesource.com. Tony, You work in the mortgage industry, so you see a lot of what's going on. Uh, You put together a lot of the paperwork. One of the pieces of paperwork that you put together is insurance on the home. Right. You want to make sure the person who's buying a home gets homeowners insurance before the transaction's finished. Um, Is that a law or is that a courtesy?
3: Uh, it's a lender requirement. Lender requirement. Okay. Lender requirement. I mean, if you own your house free and clear, you're going to obviously want to protect your asset. But the lenders have tighter guidelines on on what is required as far as what your coverages are, your your liabilities, I- insurance.
1: I think everyone needs to review their paperwork every five years. This is a very odd concept, but my business is worth more than it was five years ago, mm-hmm. so I need to change my life insurance in case. And building I die. costs
3: have gone up, and then and replacement costs.
1: Well, before we get there, let, let me finish this thought so that. People can tie it together nicely. If I were to die, my partner buys me out. I have life insurance on him. He has life insurance on me. Perfect, right? But we have to up that every five years because the value of the business goes up. Right. So that's kind of frustrating. With that said, same thing with your home. I bought my house five years ago. I can tell you that the houses on my street, the quality has gone up a lot with people um, rebuilding their homes, with their bringing in construction. Um, some people are doing complete teardowns and putting in super fancy nice homes. That scares me a little bit because that means yeah. for me to rebuild, it's going to be more expensive.
3: Well, And and look at this mathematically, though. It's not always the rebuilding cost. Your, your land is what's going up faster than the actual rebuild. But you do want to still reanalyze your insurance policy every year, to be honest with you, because you may have bought new items that you're including in your house, or you may have upgraded a kitchen or had some new appliances. There's a lot of things you can include into your insurance policy um, on your homeowner's policy. So I would look at it every year. Most people, I think it's about 80% I think it's is a under, statistic, they're underinsured yeah. on their home. Um so you wanna keep looking at your policy on a yearly basis, especially if in, in a market like this where home prices are going up and down, land prices are going up and down, you're not insuring your land, but you're insuring the rebuild cost and everything else inside. So let's talk that concept
1: a little bit. Um every now and then there's a just true disaster. And you have homeowners, insurance you feel very comfortable with it, but you've been living in the Oakland Hills for twenty years and a fire sweeps through the Oakland Hills, you're not gonna be able to afford to rebuild. You're you're done. Yeah. You're selling that piece of land and someone else is gonna build it there. Um, because in 20 years, housing construction costs have gone up significantly.
3: And I would check your coverage, yeah. too. Um, some people might think they have the right kind of hazard insurance, the right kind of fire coverage. I was recently talking to a friend of my parents, and they had a home in New Jersey that was wiped out by Sandy, was the storm. Uh-huh. And a year earlier, their insurance company s- said, We don't want to own any policies on the coast. And they got rid of it. Uh, and they went with a, subpr- a sub standard type of insurance company that replaced it and it did and they did not cover the flood so you go and look at your, at your policy especially if, you, if you're in a sort of like flood not flood zone but like a landslide zone i looked at a house not recent not too long ago where part of the uh, disclosure said that it was in a like a landslide area so i mean this, these are some, some of the things you need to have on your coverage you and i spent some time on the east
1: coast in our younger years and It was an auto insurance company called Katz Auto Insurance, and it was spelled K-A-T-Z. And it was a lie. like, never use an insurance company that can't even spell. I like using... I use USAA. My dad was in the military. It's the greatest insurance company ever. I love them. So that keeps the cost of my... And then I I put my auto insurance with them. They give me a multi-policy discount. So I'm very, very pleased. I like multi-policy discounts. Everyone should consider it. Like, if you need term life...
3: Call your auto insurance that's a, that's and see if do it. That's a great piece of advice. Um, put everything together, get a, a lower discount. Absolutely,
1: and go with quality. I think Geico is great if you can't get USAA. Um, I would not go with the local insurance agent. And again, I'm pissing some people off. I know. I want if Warren Buffett bought Geico for a reason and everything's on a phone and you never actually have a real estate agent. But yeah, if you want to test your policy, I can call Geico right now or USAA and say, "Hey, does my house cover if a meteor hits it? Does my homeowner's cover it if, you know, someone breaks in? What's my deductible?" Call these people and yep. ask ask questions and get the answers before the disaster happens. With that said, very, very important to review your policies. That's the last thing I'm going to say, because also on some policies, sometimes you designate, like I had, I had life insurance that went to my first wife. That would not have been good if Cindy, if I died, she gets insurance. Chad's got that story where one of his financial planners um, out of college had a boyfriend and he put her name on yeah. the policy. She, he gets married, has
3: a kid, dies, and the life insurance went to the... Girlfriend from college. I mean, I mean, even as small as if you have kids and you have more kids coming out on your property and other people and you have a pet, for example, those are things that you need to change your policy as well. It's not just about the house. It's about the liabilities that go along with it.
1: Number one claim on homeowner's insurance. Dog bites. Dog bites. Dog
3: bites. Yep. Buy a
1: cat, sell the dog. Yep. With that said, that's Tony Mendez. You can find him online at bayarealonesource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Uh, what is a long-term investor? A Long-term investor is, I think, multiple things. First and foremost, it's someone who is you know, able to endure a market downturn. Um, it's someone who's patient, who doesn't have to realize a loss. Um, sometimes long-term might be three to five, five to 710 10-year. 10-year ten average return on the stock market is typically what's quoted a lot. Um, trying to get in and out of the market is very, very, very difficult. Investors who hold on for five years or longer average, you know, 14.6% average annual return. So the S&P 500 rose, you know, less than that. But the average investor, when they they buy on market dips, they do better than the market over time. So um, I strongly support. So Amazon's new Prime perk, 5% rewards, awards back on a credit card. That's great. Anyone who, who has Prime should get that card, in my opinion, if you're using Prime for any services, uh, such as like two-day delivery and such. So elsewhere out there, Volkswagen's got a $4.3 billion criminal cost um, civil settlement tied towards rigging their software to cheat emission standards. Uh, targets coordinate generation Z with a new fashion line because it's all about who's got money to spend and in the future who's got money to spend as I get older I'm like you know what I don't really need a new phone I'll let this one go one more year but when you're younger it's like you gotta have you gotta have you gotta have you feel like you're gonna die it's like your kid comes up to you and says I want an iPhone and you're like no you're not gonna get that till you're 10 or eleven and he walks away crying and he's like How about an Xbox? you're like, okay, okay, I'll do an Xbox. Uh, Because the kid has to have it. He feels like he's going to die if he doesn't. Speaking of kids, $13,000 a year to raise a kid, I think it's more than that for most people. But couples who had a child in 2015 will end up spending an average of $13,000 a year raising that kid. And that adds up to about $233,000 by the time the kid is 17. Um, that's down in the past couple of years so that little bundle of joy he's going to cost you some big buckaroos feeding him and housing him um, child care costs can cripple a budget so think about that before you have a child um, there's more to it than just the joy so anyhow and anyway you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show YouTube Rob Black Show About retirement planning when the stock market is soaring to record highs. But it's a marathon, not a sprint. To win the race, you need to take the right steps along the way. Learn winning strategies from me, Rob Black, and certified financial planner Chad Burton at an educational lunch event in Berkeley on February 9th. We'll cover the building blocks of a successful portfolio and break down the 2017 market outlook. You'll also learn how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to minimize tax and retirement, social security strategies, and more. And get estate planning tips for 2017 from attorney Michelle Lerman. That's Thursday, February 9th, 11 a.m. lunch at the Berkeley Marina Doubletree. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com for just $25 or free for KDOW listeners using the promo code RETIRE123. Hope to see you Thursday, February 9th. Once again, sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Free for KDOW listeners using promo code RETIRE123.
0: At Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM
1: 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I was once doing a national radio show, which I was very proud of, and ultimately I chose to leave it. As the network was struggling financially, and I decided, which city am I going to move to? And I chose San Francisco. I was boiled it down to San Francisco, Houston, um, Austin, or Portland. and I visited New all of them. New York City? No, 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 no. I did my time in New York City, and it's a great place to live for a couple of years, but not for very long. Um... Anyway, I was doing a a show, and I got to interview Sam Cook from Boston Beer, Sam Adams, and it was an incredible investment. Um, They were kind of like the first craft brewer, sort of, Um, but their sales now are starting to really struggle as, guess what, you can get Lagunitas, you can get Racer 5, you can get... Um, 8.05, there's just uh, literally hundreds, if not thousands, of craft brew companies out there at this point in time. And, yeah, I I think Sam Adams is, it's a good beer, um, but it's nowhere near, in my opinion, on the level of some of the other guys. Um, So that's worthy of note that what, what was once a great investment and opened the door... Um, sometimes can get caught. Uh, it's like it goes back to, and you could do it with beer, you could do it with airplanes. You know, if Boeing comes out with a plane that, you know, falls out of the sky, you could probably bet that a lot of people will be like, well, I'm not going to buy another Boeing plane for a long time. But a great example of that is Sony. I'm a Generation Xer, and. In my time, it was the end-all be-all in the late 80s, early 90s to own Sony everything. Sony Walkman, Sony Speakers, uh, a receiver for your stereo had to be Sony. Uh, they were thought to be the best of the best. Uh, the Sony PlayStation, you know, was like the company could do no wrong. Um, but to be honest, Apple came along and kind of smacked them around. Uh, and thus was the death of one of the greatest plays of all time. You know, Sony was the the, the digital music people. Uh, the iPod kind of killed that. So, and it took Sony a long time to kind of get out of that mentality of a, a CD player, and into the mentality of digital files. Um. So don't get too caught up in, you know, Boston beer is the best beer. Hey, I've made a lot of money in this stock. Sometimes growth stocks lose their growth. And you have to acknowledge that. Very, very important. So I own shares of Nike, and I don't expect anything out of it for the next year. That's, you know, minimum what I say out loud when I buy a stock. But I'm going to watch very closely to see, through the years, have they lost their luster? Um, have Has the competitor, whether it be Lululemon, uh, whether it be Adidas, whether it be Under Armour, whether it be just all these guys suddenly are selling things that are similar, but they also get the benefit of the foreign markets to manufacture their goods, Nike was one of the first to really break into that um, supply chain in Asia. And they've, whether you like them or not, and whether it's appropriate or not, you know, those little children who have the really teeny tiny little hands, uh, they make wonderful shoes for Nike, right? And that was a joke, everyone. Don't get crazy on me. Um, but those little Asian hands now are making stuff for Lululemon. They're making stuff for Adidas. They're making stuff for Under Armour, which is an advantage that Nike has kind of lost. Um, just throwing it out there, if that makes any sense to you in any way, shape, or form. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. When you buy a house, you should know some basic stuff, Right. Um, you don't buy if you're going to be moving in the next five years. You don't, you know, blow through a set budget You go, well, I'm going to spend $2,500 a month on my mortgage. And then suddenly it's like, eh, it's more like 3000 if you want this one, you don't do it. You don't forget about hidden costs. Owning a home is not cheap. You know, rainstorm hits and your basement gets flooded. Rainstorm hits. And you're like, Oh, I need a new roof. Rainstorm hits and, you know, there's a mudslide. Is your property covered by mudslides? Um, so I think that's worth it noting, some things to think about when you're buying a home. So one of the things that I've always taken advantage of is there's some great property inspectors. And the guy who did my property inspection, I would recommend him tenfold because he essentially gave me a manual that said, okay, your hot water heater, it's going to go in somewhere in the next three to five years. So around year two, I'm like, okay, I got about a year to two years left. And then, you know, when I get to that year three, I'm like, do it now. Don't come home, Don't go on vacation. Come home to a flood. You get the idea. Uh, nobel winning economist, Robert Schiller, he's in the news today. He says, I'm nervous about Trump, but... He said, there's no doubt the president-elect's personality has ignited widespread excitement about future prosperity. Sometimes that nervousness can go along with optimism, so says the Yale professor, who I like a lot. He says, I didn't vote for Trump, but we've got him. Let's hope for the best. He might do something good. Um, And again, if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., you almost get teary-eyed at how beautiful the monuments are. You almost get teary-eyed at how uh, much pride you'll feel for your country. And a lot of people aren't feeling that right now. The Trump-driven rally in the stock market, uh, a lot of people are referring to it as a sugar high that will come crashing off of. Uh, Schiller said the economy that President Barack Obama is leaving for Trump looks strong, though largely on the back of historically low rates by the Federal Reserve, which raised the cost of borrowing for only the second time in a decade. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.